time now for Gator Guys Sports Spectacular with your hosts, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, and Mike Kegley. Sports Spectacular is underway. Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy, glad you're along with us. David Whitley's going to join us just a moment here to talk about the Gators. Uh, but lots more to talk about as well. Uh, we're going to do some, uh, some hoops. I'm going to break down that Steph, Sabrina, a big uh, moment last weekend. Uh, what does that mean for, for basketball, um, for women's sports, but I think also the NBA as well? Uh, Steph, uh, the perfect gentleman to uh, to take on that role. Uh, also, we'll talk more hoops talk as well as we get closer to March, and uh, we'll dissect also Rick Pitino, um, <laughs> the comments that he made that stirred up some mess here this week. We have on David Whitley today, obviously a friend of the show, David, as as we're looking at at going into spring ball, I, I have to ask you, how does Florida sell their fans on this unbelievable schedule that is sitting in front of them? You've covered football for a long time. Have you ever seen a schedule that's this intimidating? Hmm. No, you know, it, it's funny. You want to be optimistic if you're a Florida fan and see the glass is half full. And then you, you see that schedule and, and you see that the, you know, the, the glass has a big hole in the bottom and <laughs> you wonder, Oh my God. You know, even if this was a team that was unquestionably on the upswing and looked like an eight, nine win team, you look at that schedule and you just go, Oh my OMG, as the kids would say, um, you know, a lot of this is just really routine because the SEC schedule is always going to be tough, but yep. they, they larded it up. You know, usually you can, you know, there's going to be a couple of cupcakes and then really there's only one quote cupcake unquote, and that's Sanford. Although the last time Sanford was here, they put 42 points on them in the first half. So, yeah. you know, uh, so they can't, you know, you can't totally sleepwalk through that, but you know, they basically set up their, uh, their, uh, Non-conference is a Florida State championship winner-take-all bout. You know, they open with Miami, and then they have uh, UCF as their as their gimmies. And I mean, as as you know, you know, it's funny for years and years and years they would open with two cupcakes and start to play Tennessee the third game. And people got condi- conditioned to that, and they would always go into and basically just two glorified scrimmages. Now, you know, Miami right out of the gate, and you know, that is a game with just all sorts of great angles because you have, you know, two programs that, that went out and spent a lot of money to bring in two coaches, uh, you know, Mario Cristobal and Billy Napier two years ago. And, you know, neither really has, let's just say, set the world on fire. And we're both fan bases are saying, you got to show me something this year. And so, I mean, both those guys have a lot of pressure going in, you know, into that first game. And, 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 you know, the, the thing is that, that's the easy part of the schedule. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. They they better get about five wins going into mid October because then I think the last five games that five teams they play, all of them were in the top fifteen last year at the end of the year. Yeah, no, so, I, I I look at that and and that's that's the you know when you look at at playing Georgia, you know, neutral field yeah. and traveling to Texas for your first trip to Austin as against an, Texas as an SEC opponent. Then you have LSU at home. Then you then you play Ole Miss at home, and then you're off to Florida State, who's trying to prove yeah. that last year wasn't a fluke. The other question I have that really comes to to roost is with a schedule like this, and DJ Lagway being one of the highest ranked quarterbacks in the country, he's there early. 
are are we going to have a quarterback controversy? Because when a team loses, I'm not certain any team out there that the backup quarterback doesn't become the most talented player on the team when if there is a challenging schedule and a few losses to get mm-hmm. the fans irked. Yeah. Well, whether we'll have a quarterback, um, I hope the answer is yes, because that makes <laughs> – <laughs> uh, that, that means that there's a lot of interest and a lot to write about. But uh, yeah, I mean, Lagway, you're right. He he checks all the recruiting boxes, you know, and 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 people just gush about him, and he's done everything great. But you know, the the, the road to fired coaches is full of is full of uh, uh, recruits that didn't quite pan out. So you know, if if he's all that, yeah, we'll have a quarterback conference. You know, the thing is. You know, Mertz really established himself as, you know, he, I mean, he, he is a bona fide Division One, you know, top, maybe not top shelf, but second shelf, at least QB last year. Um, I mean, he, he there are a lot of questions, question marks. And he, I mean, he came in and he was arguably, you know, their, their best, steadiest offensive player. So they know what they have in him. So he's not going to be easy to beat out. But you're right. If they lose, whether it's him or not, you know, Lagway, just because of, you know, all this all this glory that's been built up around and all the hype fans will say, Oh yeah, this is the guy, this, you know, this is the man who'll come in and save the day. Uh, you know, you're really hard pressed when you look back in uh, history to see a, a, a true freshman QB come in and be a savior. Uh, you know, if they, if they were, it's because, I mean, Peyton Manning, you know, he didn't even start the first couple of games. He, and he, he turned out okay. He played well as freshman year, <laughs> but it, it's a lot harder to do that as, as a QB than it is, as a running back. I mean, you know, uh, you go all the way back to Herschel in 1980. Suddenly, you know, he, he put that program on his shoulders and, and off he went, you know, as, as a running back, you can do that, but it's a little bit harder as a quarterback these days. I mean, and even, even here, you know, Tebow came in, you know, what, 2006, you know, gosh, hard to believe it's 18 years ago now. And he split time with Chris Lee because Chris Lee was the established starter. And, but they built packages for him and they wanted to keep him happy. And then I remember after they won that championship game the next morning, Meyer got up and said, this is now Tim Tebow's team, you know, and he was ready. Of course, it's a little bit different then because, you know, Tebow, he, he literally bled orange and blue. They couldn't get him away. And there was no, you know, the, he, there was no transfer portal where you worry that, oh, got to keep him happy. You know, they, you, these days you want to keep these guys happy. And I, I am certain that even if Mertz goes out there and he, and he looks like, Patrick Mahomes, they're going to be putting Lagway in there, uh, you know, get him, you know, at least, gosh, a couple series early on every game just to keep him happy and, and see what they have. And, and, and we're all just, you know, he's like the big Christmas present under the tree. Just want to open it up and see what, what is really there. Yeah, spring game, April 13th, going to be uh, definitely interesting. I, I Currently, though, we got, we got basketball season going on, and this is a Florida team that is uh, – they're clicking, right? They've won seven of eight. They've jumped into the top 25. And, you know, heading into the uh, Wednesday night game against a, at Alabama, they had won seven of eight. So what, what's been the key for this team kind of uh, turning it around and starting to play much better? Yeah, just really getting to know each other because, you know, in this era of NIL slash transfer portal, especially with basketball, it is a new lineup every year. And, and like none of these starters, I don't know if, that ever met each other before a preseason practice, much less played with each other. And they, you know, he did a good job of bringing in these guys. Uh, um, and, and then it was a question of when will they mesh? And you've, you've seen it slowly coming around 
that the guys are just you know getting more comfortable with with it. And but I don't think people realize just how how talented the guys were that they bought in. I I, I didn't. I mean, some of these guys I never heard of before. You know, Zion Pullen. I you know he was playing out in you know a, a uh, out in California. I don't even know the school, but he's come in and he he has proven to be you know really a he is the glue. He's a, he's the point guard who's just really. And when times are hard and, and you need a bucket and, and you give him the ball, I mean, he in pressure situations, he's been great. Uh, another guy, Walter Clayton, they bought in from, uh, gosh, I don't know, where, where was he? Uh, it was down to them at St. John's. Boy, I bet he's glad he didn't go to St. John's right now, given how Rick Pitino <laughs> is. But, He'd be slow. He'd, He'd be slow. He was, really slow. Yeah. He was at Iona. Iona, right? <laughs> yeah, Iona. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, old Rick, and then he his, uh, that I know I'm gonna go off, get off on that rabbit hole, but that that was a that was quite a little speech he gave after the, the, his game the other night, blaming it all on, on his slow players. But Walter Clayton is not slow. He he is a I mean he is a a legit scorer. So they give him two guys who are consistent in the in the backcourt who've been really good, and and their front court. You know, last year basically if Colin Castleton went went on, they had no chance of winning, and he broke his hand, and that was pretty much the season. Now I mean they they bought in. Uh, three really four guys you know a seven one center Han Glutton Micah Han Glutton and and Tyrese Samuel and and then a couple of freshmen that you know have really blossomed more than I think anybody uh, thought Alex Conant you know who was from Australia and they didn't know what they got so he, he sort of slid under a lot of people's radar and and he's and then this past Saturday Thomas Haw is another, like six nine kid and you know he he basically came came out and won the game i mean 17 points hit some three pointers and todd gold said you know he we don't they wouldn't won without so they have a lot more depth and they don't need you know a guy can have a bad game and this year they have other people to pick them up whereas you know before you know last year castleton won there and they pretty much had no chance that kind of deal so and as these guys have gotten used to playing with each other there's a mesh and and things are just sort of clicked and, and they've managed to avoid bad losses because because i mean they they go, the one thing they they do is they they're really good at is blowing leads <laughs> they get up on a lot of teams and then they just take the the uh the foot off the gas pedal except for one game when they just they blew out a really good auburn team and you know that, uh, todd going says you know this shows what we're capable of the problem is that you know that is really the only complete game they've played all year and if boy if they could find that that magic elixir and play a full 40 minute game. You know, they, they are, they, at this point they can compete with just about anybody, but they need everybody clicking to beat anybody like to beat an Auburn or even tomorrow night, tomorrow night, you know, I mean, if they can beat Alabama on the road and come within one game of uh, first place in the SEC, you know, that will really shock some people and open some eyes. Well, the interesting thing is, you know, they've got, they've got four, they got five players averaging over 10 points a game four of them being guards and those guards are start at six, two and, you know, a couple guys at six, four, one at six, five, how do they match up with those, those guards? How do you think they match up against the Alabamas since they're going to be playing Alabama twice here before the season end? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a, if they have a weakness, that would be some of the perimeter defense is, is not that good. And really their the best defender is the guard, you know, Riley Kugel. And he's been sort of a mystery this year because he was, uh, he was a really he was a preseason All SEC, and that was based on last year. After Castleman got hurt, they basically just said, "All right, Riley, we'll spread the floor. You do your thing." And he's I mean, he's, he's really he's the most talented player on the team. But he came in this year, and and it was they've decided you know hey they realized with these other two guys with Clayton and Pullen, 
that they can run some sets and run some offense. And that lessens Kugel's role. And he said, you know, frankly, he just had a hard time adjusting to being an, being a, a role player. But if they can get him going, especially on because he's a really good defender, that will help a lot. But yeah, but the, the but the lanky guards, the quick, really quick guards, that's that's been tough to guard them. And and you know, they're they're not going to be holding Alabama to seventy points. You know, that's for sure. It's just they just got to you know hit their shots and do their stuff and hope to pull it out. But it's you know bottom bottom line, you know that, that they're coming out and it gives people around here you know something to to you know be excited about and cling to after the. Uh, after the, the downer of the football season, because you know, fan, fans needed something to, to you know get the old blood pumping again. Yeah, obviously, and, and they got a favorable schedule coming up after the Alabama game. You know, got games against Vanderbilt and Missouri, which you know, so, so that bodes well for them uh, to finish uh, February strong, um, heading into March with uh, when obviously get a little tougher when they go to uh, South Carolina and host Alabama, and then they're gonna finish up at Vanderbilt. Good chance for them to. Uh, get a nice seed in the NCAAs if they continue to play well, though. Oh, yeah. If they could just get, you know, the old quad one, if they, you know, beat Bama or or South Carolina on the road, you know, basically you're right. They have two games that they really should win, and that'll give them 20 wins. And, you know, they, they should you – know, it's sort of – I can't believe I'm saying this, but, yeah, they are just now playing for a better seed in the NCAA because for so many times you say, gosh, they're a bubble team. They need us to get in. But they would really have to fall on their, you know, fall on their faces not to get in the NCAA at this point. So it's hard, hard to see them not getting in. And then, you know, they are the kind of team. They're the scary team that you know they could get hot and and really make a run, uh, which would you know, which would, as I said, you know, be nice because that that'd be that'd be happening right when spring balls getting getting going, and uh, <laughs> it would give us something to write about besides you know, oh, Mertz Mertz didn't go fifteen for fifteen in practice. Bring <laughs> bring bring on the kid. Bring on Lagway. <laughs> David, David, thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Of course, if you like David Whitley here on the show, you got to get him at the Gainesville Sun. And, you know, I'm reading on your Twitter page that you're a Nobel laureate, Mr. Olympia 1984, and worst-selling author, and only one of those three is true. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming you were Mr. Olympia 1984, right in the middle of that whole thing. There was, because, you know, Schwarzenegger had retired at that point, so it was sort of open, you know, it's sort of like when when Michael Jordan was out for a couple of years. So I managed to get in, you know, and I'll admit, you know, back then it was a little bit looser with the steroid rules. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you got in there right before Lee Haney took over. That's yeah, right. It was great, great timing uh, on yours. But but uh, folks, you know, again, we'd urge you to pick up copy of the Gainesville Sun or obviously look at it online. Got some fantastic articles from David Whitley. And we will be right back on the Gator Guys Sports Spectacular. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pills deliver the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-218-4958. 800-218-4958. 800-218-4958. 
That's 800-218-4958. Everything is expensive right now. Gas, food, you name it. You're spending more, you're making the same or less money. So, what do you do? You rack up credit card debt, that's what you do. It's not your fault, it's the economy. And guess what? If you rack up too much credit card debt like some of us, you can't pay your bills. Then the credit card companies, as nice as they are, start hounding you for money. Then you start your downward spiral. A smart thing for you to do is to call the Zero Debt. They can help you consolidate all your credit card bills into one affordable payment. Millions of people have done it. It works to make you debt-free. Make this free call right now. It costs you nothing to learn more. 800-507-7293. 800-507-7293. That's 800-507-7293. We're back here at Big Sports Radio. And, you know, Mike, I, it was an interesting uh, weekend in uh, Indianapolis. We got to see, like, no defense at all, ever, and lots of chucking in that NBA All-Star game. You know, it, yeah, we got the dunk contest. I, I tell you what, the, the only thing that I saw the whole weekend that I actually enjoyed was Sabrina Ionescu and Steph Curry going head-to-head in the three-point shootout. Everything else was pretty much just whatever. Am I wrong? Well, the dunk contest, I mean, what do you do differently? And I, I really can't figure out, you know, there's only so many things that a human being can do unless they want to go up higher and make it like 15 foot rim and give them a trampoline. But even then you're going to half kill yourself. So we don't want any all-stars getting hurt could, that way. Could could you put the rim at like 11 foot and then see so you can dunk the highest? That would be interesting. I mean, you don't want somebody falling backwards, you know, when they're out of control, but um, I think that would be, a little bit more interesting see who can go the highest and and i gotta be honest with you or or let us play and we'll do it on it like an eight foot rim yeah eight seven you know whatever <laughs> six <laughs> we got six foot rim bunch of six footers going bang hitting their head on the <laughs> running around like we're incredible um no, I, I i do think that that the all-star game itself i'm gonna go out on a, on a limb here i don't think those all-star games are worth anything anymore and and I'll I'll be honest with you, even baseball, they still try, but I think it's ridiculous to have a postseason home field advantage because of an exhibition game. And like if you know your team happens to be the team with 105 wins and they don't get the home field advantage and they lose, you know, because of an all-star game. I I, I just think all-star games, I, they're kind of I'm they're I'm it's over for me. Yeah, do you remember there's a video I saw on on uh, Twitter or X of uh, Michael Jordan shooting a fadeaway, you know, to to like over a defender. It was like 20 years ago, like 2003, 21 years ago, and it was like they were actually trying to play defense a little bit. This is like not. I I don't know. Michael Jordan may have a he could have a coronary if you watch this. Although he could still score against the defense that they play at yeah. at his at 60. Yeah, no, I I agree, and and look, I I understand you don't need a Pete Rose Ray Fossey incident for those of you who aren't in your eighties <laughs> that happened in nineteen seventy or seventy one, but you know you don't need one player injuring another because they're trying so hard. Then again, 
it would be nice if you at least like even just raise your hand a little bit. Like I'm not saying raise your hand like you're playing defense, but like you're in class and you have an answer to a question. Because <laughs> there was nothing, nothing being done. The, these guys play harder in a pickup game than they would, um, you know, in a, in this game. You know, the pickup game would just for some pride, and they have uh, more. I, I don't know what the fix is. Honestly, the fix might be, you know, having the all-star guys there, but le- I, I I think the rookie game and the, those first and second year guys actually playing for something yep, and, and put some money on the line and let those guys play for it, I think well, might or, be better. Or maybe maybe you make all-star weekend instead of an all-star game. If you have that in-tournament, in-season tournament, maybe you yeah. have the, ch- the final four all-star weekend instead, and that becomes your... It's it's now final four weekend. I, I don't know. Yeah. Something, something yeah. different. Yep. Pretty cool. By the way, like I said, the one thing I did enjoy was watching Steph beat uh Sabrina. That was pretty fun. Um, she lit it up. Don't, you know, commend her for actually moving back to the men's distance too. Yep. She lit it up, but then she got run up against like the greatest shooter of our generation, or maybe any generation for that matter. And he just decided to make, you know, just make the last four or five shots there and, and win it. So yeah, pretty fun stuff to watch that though. Yeah, you got appreciation for for how good both athletes were. And if you're in an athletic competition, that's all you can ask for is is to have them go out and give their best. And she got beat, but she didn't leave anything on the table and and Steph had a little bit of sweat. So that's all that's about what you can expect cuz I I guarantee you one thing, you could have me shooting layups and I don't think I'm going to keep up with him, you know, and, <laughs> out of the three-point line, let alone what she was doing. Yeah, pretty impressive stuff uh, from both of them, both those athletes. So, you know, but overall, uh, the All Star All Star Weekend—that's a no for me. That's a no for me. So, uh, I, I'm not—I I don't watch it very much. I try and turn it on, and then I have to turn it off. So, hopefully, it yeah. gets better next year. They find a way to fix it. Yeah, and I got to be honest with you—in season tournament, have the finals that weekend. I don't know, you know, or maybe maybe we have an All Star tournament where they put on those those big bouncy things and they just run into each other and bounce and see who or or we could just play mike yeah well, i don't think it's i don't think they're going for comedy <laughs> hey it's all radio radio personality all-star game live <laughs> exactly nba all-star weekend so now i so yeah definitely need to make some fixes make some change gain more interest so uh, we'll see what happens down the road we'll be back right after this on big sports radio Let me tell you a story about Bill. Bill was a normal guy in his 50s. He had back surgery about two years ago. Bill was in a lot of pain. He dealt with his pain by taking the Percocets his doctor prescribed for him. Bill took more and more and more of them to help with the pain until one day the prescriptions weren't enough to get rid of Bill's pain. Then one day Bill found someone to help him get rid of the pain with illegal drugs he didn't need a prescription for. Fast forward to today. Bill lost his job and his family. The only thing he does have is his drug dealer. If you know Bill's story and you don't want to end up like Bill, call the Detox and Treatment Helpline right now to get away and get treatment. 800-980-1761. That's 800-980-1761. How would you like to get a free $100 prepaid MasterCard? 
and save money on your television bill. Then call right now, make the switch to Dish TV. For a limited time, we're offering a two-year price guarantee. That's important for those of you on a fixed budget to know your prices won't go up for two years. Plus, you have hundreds of channels, lots of live news and sports, movies, and more. And when you call right now, you can also ask about our discounts for seniors and those of you in the military. So, make the switch to Dish right now. Pick up the phone and call. Enjoy your television like you are meant to. And when you sign up today, we'll also give you a $100 free prepaid MasterCard. Call right now, ask about our senior discount, our military discount, and your free $100 prepaid MasterCard. 800-706-7063 That's 800-706-7063 Paid for by NPS. Switch to Dish TV today for your free prepaid MasterCard. You're listening to the Gator Guys Radio Network. Welcome back to Big Sports Radio, the Sports Spectacular. Producer Tony sitting in for Larry, Mike, and Brad for just a moment. And we are heading down towards one of the best times of the year. March, college basketball, the tournament excitement goes from the start of those conference tournaments all the way up to the final game. And this season has been really kind of interesting, especially up at the top. And today we're joined by Gavin Keith, sports writer for the New London Day. He's been covering UConn basketball for 34 years. The man has the inside knowledge, all the all the information we're going to want to share with you. So we're going to pick his brain here for a little bit and dive into this UConn team, which is currently number one and showing no signs of letting up on that. Gavin, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning, Tony. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Gavin, let's talk first about Saturday's game. That was impressive. Yeah, top five matchup, and it's one of the top five point differentials in top five matchup history. I think it was the fourth largest point differential of a top five game in the last 20 years. UConn just dismantled Marquette. What was that atmosphere like? Give us some insight uh, from stores. Well, it was incredible. For, well, for one, I mean, nobody started coming. You know, we most, you know, guys that were covering the team were there was thinking maybe 77, 73, a really tight game with Marquette. And they went on that tie to 18. They went on that 24 to 8 run to kind of end the half. And that was it. I mean, UConn has never let up. That's one thing Coach Hurley has really stressed this year about keeping your foot on the gas pedal all, at all times. And the crowd was tremendous. I mean, the UConn fans were just loving every second. And there's a lot of motivation on UConn's side. Marquette won the regular season last year. They won the conference tournament. They beat UConn in the semifinals of the Big East tournament last year. And so UConn, is, their big goal this year is to, to win a Big East championship, which they haven't done since 2006. Wow. Okay. So, you know, as we look down now into this season, knowing UConn won it last year, right there up at the top, did you have a sense coming into or after you saw the, you know, they had that final four preview show where they, they right. kind of revealed those four seeds. Did UConn have an issue with being ranked behind Purdue at all after that was announced? Was there a little you know animosity there? Yeah, Coach Hurley will never admit it, but he uses anything he can for motivation. 
I mean, I'm, I'm sure they before that game it was brought up and they said, oh, uh, you know, let's let's go out and prove who really is the number one team and and that should be number one seed overall. So yeah, they use all that for motivation. There's no doubt about that. And and I mean, in this week they've got motivation. Like they find motivation this week. They're going to Creighton on Tuesday. They've never won a Creighton. They're 0-3 there under Hurley. And so there's always something that Coach Hurley can find that can motivate his team. When you look at this team, now we haven't had a back-to-back champion in closing in on 20 years now, not since Florida back in 05 and 06. How would you rate the chances, and we're still ways away from March, how would you rate the chances of this team taking that hurdle and becoming uh, a back-to-back champion? And how important is it to them? Oh, I mean, they've been, they've uh, brought that up since preseason. That's something they want to do. So they're not shying away from the challenge. Uh, you know, it's going to be difficult. But this team, right now, the way they're playing, because as you know, Tony, you go into March and they have five games left. You, you're not always going in with momentum. And sometimes you do, and it doesn't make any difference. So uh, it's going to be a big challenge. And the pressure is going to build every game they win in March because they're going to be asked about it nonstop. So, it's they they love to talk about how that's a goal, but until you kind of get in the midst of March Madness and and teams are really gunning for you, it's going to be a whole nother deal. This is a well-rounded team. When you when you look at the stats, you've got five guys averaging double figures, uh, nine guys in the rotation. Is that by design? Is that how Coach Hurley set it up that he wants to come at people in in waves and share the basketball and, and make it so you can't key on one person? Yes. Oh, definitely. I mean, the balance in this lineup is, is this team is better balanced than last year's team that won the national championship. I mean, if they have five guys, all five stars can score 20 points if they need on a given night. There's so many games this year, Tony, that the guys, two of their leading scores have, have had off nights, not shot the ball well, and other guys step up and, and fill that void. So that's what makes them dangerous because you can't really key on one guy. I mean, they're somebody in their bench. Diara has really picked up his scoring this year. They have Samson Johnson. I I wonder how. I'm not sure if they're as deep. Uh, they'll be as deep in March as they are now, only because Coach Hurley, you know, has to trust some freshmen in his rotation if he's going to go eight or nine deep. And I think he's going to probably more rely on maybe seven in, in tight games in March. But uh, yeah, their balance makes them so dangerous and so difficult. And they they really have a cold streak offensively because of that. We're talking with Gavin Keith. He is a sports writer for the New London Day newspaper in Connecticut, been covering the UConn Huskies for the past 34 years. We're picking his brain, going over things, getting ready for March. Gavin, when you look at this team, one of the things that impressed me, especially Saturday, was the defense and how they switch and how they move and those feet are constantly moving and those hands are active and they almost kind of went in that, that run that you said in the first half was like lockdown mode. Yeah. Is that something they stress in practice? Oh, you know what? uh, They've gotten, uh, you know, they had Donovan Klingon out for five games earlier this uh, January and they managed to win those games, but their defense really turned. And they, yes, they do stress it in practice. Their defense really turned, became a, uh, a focus of improvement uh, when Klingon came back. And since then, the last 10 games, they haven't allowed more than 67 points. Or the last, yeah, last 10 games. And uh, it, so that's really keyed this winning streak. I mean, they held, they held Marquette to 53, who averages 78. That's their season low. 
So what they're doing defensively, they're so well connected. That's one thing opposing coaches talk a lot about UConn, how well connected they are on both ends, how they share the ball on offense, how in defense they move well together. And you talked about their their defense and switching. Their versatility is is big. Like take Tyler Kulik, who they shut down on on Saturday, held to seven points, two for eleven shooting. They were able to use six six Stefan Castle on him. They used Tristan Newton. They used then uh, Diera, who's a smaller guard, but he's a pain in the butt because he's he he really plays hard defense and is really all over you. So they were able to use three different guys on Marquette's main guy to shut him down. So that versatility on defense is very important. Now, you know, Coach Hurley's been there a few seasons now. You've been around the program, like we've talked about for over 30 years. Give me some insight into Coach Hurley. What makes him take? He kind of flew under the radar when he got to Connecticut. Nobody was thinking like, this is a home run hire, but it really has shown to be an absolute home run hire for the Huskies. Oh, 100%. I mean, he's obsessed with basketball and winning. Well, and, and building a culture. And that's what he's done. I know that world's overused. The world culture is overused sometimes. But he's really brought in guys who have bought into to the no no break all gas mentality. I mean, in practice, just Georgetown a couple games ago, they're up by 20 something in the in the second half. They're running away with it. And he calls a timeout and he's mad. He's yelling at his team because they didn't get back on defense right off. They jog back on defense. He's not going to, he doesn't let anything slip. He wants them on point all the time, which is very hard to do. Get your team to play that hard all the time. And he's good at making in-game adjustments. He has a really good coaching staff. They prepare well for opponents. Like it gets Marquette. They were getting killed on the offensive boards in the beginning. I think they gave up like five in the first six minutes. Called timeout. Refocused them. And and you can end up out rebounding them. I think it was like 42 to 27 or something overall. So they do really well with making in-game adjustments too. So Coach Hurley is a guy. I said there's he's always thinking basketball. He's he's 100. He wants his team 100 in all the time, and he and he's able to the the kids are really connected with Coach Hurley, and they feed off his fire and his intensity. Well, and it's not only just Coach Hurley. Obviously, he's got a great staff, but you know, I I heard something in the broadcast about. Mrs. Hurley, and she's around the program quite a bit. Does it kind of lend to that? Tell me a little bit about that, what she does at practice. Let her, some of our listeners know, may not have heard that. Let her know what her, her role is there at practice because she's around the team quite a bit. Does that lend to a, a real family atmosphere up there in stores? Yeah, I think so. I mean, she's like the team mother. I mean, she makes – whenever it's a player or coaches or even a, a student manager's birthday, they get to pick what kind of cupcakes – that, that uh, Andrea Hurley will make for them. Uh, and so she's, she loves being around the team. She's not, she's not into the sport at all. She's, she'll tell you right off. She's not a basketball fan. She could, she really could care less about the game sometime. I mean, she's there with her family and everything enjoying and, and in a blowout game, she's always given uh, her husband uh, the, the eye about getting the son and who's a walk on uh, into the game late. So that's important. I mean, that was great that, uh, uh, you know, that during the national championship game, he was able to dribble out the clock, uh, Andrew Hurley. So uh, it's, yes, she's an important part of the background and is really dedicated to supporting uh, her guys, you know, in, in the background. And you know, we talked uh, before, you've been around the program quite a bit, over 30 years. Rank this Connecticut team with some of those past great Connecticut teams. 
How would you put there? What is their place in history within the Connecticut program? Wow. I mean, for one, they have a chance to do something that no UConn team has done, and not only in very few teams, which is go back to back. And so they'll they'll really separate. They can really separate themselves into a spot, and that's hard to do with the program. I mean, when you know that's won five national championships counting counting last year, and and so I mean they can be one of the greatest teams or one of the greatest two year runs definitely ever. I mean they're on the verge of that now. I mean they they're they're third. They've won thirty six of the last thirty nine games dating back to last year since they lost last lost at Creighton last year in like February eleventh or something. They, I mean, they, and, and they lost Marquette in the Big East tournament and they lost at Kansas. And then they, and then they, you know, had a bad game at Seton Hall. Clean got hurt in the second half of that game. So they, they, they stay, they don't slip up. I mean, you can kind of count on them winning certain games. Uh, so uh, they're going to be able, it could be one of the greatest. I mean, it's all, you know, your, your status in, in history is always determined what you do in March because you can have a great regular season. And if you bow early in the tournament, I mean, then you looked at completely different. So it's that's really going to determine. They could be one of the all-time great two-year runs in program history, no doubt about that. Awesome. So when you're looking at this team, now I noticed their schedule early. They played some really good out-of-league competition. Is that right. something Coach Hurley stresses to get them grounded, get them ready for the tournament, that it's key to play some of these bigger teams early on in the season, kind of get your footing? Yeah, I mean, that's when he's – at. As he's been, this is his sixth year. As his team has gotten better over the years, uh, he's uh, toughened up the schedule. So he wants to challenge his team early, especially you know in November, December. Those in-season tournaments, they played Texas, Indiana in the Garden. They they uh, played uh, North. They beat North Carolina in the Garden. Uh, you know, the, the going to Kansas that was an important game for them to play in a probably one of the most difficult places in the country to play on the road. And so, yeah, that's a, a definitely uh, a, 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 he's confident in his team and the program at this point. He wants to play those games in those kind of in-season tournaments to uh, prepare them for March. Is there one key thing as we get closer to March that you're looking for that this team needs to either maybe improve a little bit? There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of need for improvement or right. that they need to keep doing to maintain that level as we head into the tournament. Well, I mean, the, well, the obvious thing at first is stay healthy. I mean, that's, I mean, but beyond, besides that, I mean, Donovan Klingon's got to stay out of foul trouble and be effective. He, they're a, a different team when he's on the court on both ends. Defensively, he just, you know, he blocks some shots, but he basically he carves up some space inside and discourages people coming down the lane. Uh, and so he's got to stay on the court. And I think they got to get something out of their bench. I mean, last year in the tournament, they had Nahim Aline and Joey Calcaterra, a grad student and, and a veteran guard, two veteran guards off the bench. And Klingon was coming off the bench last year. So their bench last year was stronger than this year's team. So Diera continues that's a continues uh, to contribute. Samson Johnson, who backs up Klingon, is going to have to play some minutes to give Klingon a rest. And, you know, even the freshman Jalen Stewart, who plays about eight minutes a game now, He's going to have to give him just five really solid, six really solid minutes. So the bench and Klingon are the two keys, I think, for UConn to, to keep uh, playing well. Gavin Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Great insight into UConn. Gavin Keith, sports writer for the New London Day newspaper there in Connecticut. Give him a follow. Where can we follow you on social media, Gavin? Just at Gavin Keith on Twitter, or X now, of course, or at right. Gavin Keith. 
Okay, give them a follow. Keep up to date on everything that's going on. Gavin, thank you so much for taking time out and joining us today. Really appreciate it. Big Sports Radio, Sports Spectacular is going to continue after we pay a few bills. How would you like to get high-speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day? That's right. For about 50 bucks a month, you'll get lightning-fast internet. Are you paying less than 50 bucks a month right now for your internet? Then call Whole Home Connect right now for blazing-fast internet at 50 bucks a month with no price increases, no hidden fees, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. It's a great deal. And guess what? You can try it for 15 days. If you don't like it, you get your money back. But you're gonna love it. And you're gonna love the price. Internet for your home for 50 bucks a month. That's less than two bucks a day. Plus, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees, and our 15-day guarantee. Call now. 800-215-0341 800-215-0341 That's 800-215-0341 Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. 800-448-0828-800-448-0828-800-448-0828. That's 800-448-0828. So non-athletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling. It's been that way the year, but we came out in the second half and we knew they would come after us, but you have to move the ball. And we just took four minutes of rush shots and really it's not about losing because even in winning, winning, when we watch the film, I see unathletic plays. I, I see people that don't handle the ball. that's just interested in taking quick shots. So it's been disappointing year. And um, we've got five more games in the Big East tournament to play, and we'll try to improve and make the best of it. No, I think they're unathletic. I don't think they move well laterally. I don't think they're going to pick it up in the next week. Um, I think they're slow laterally. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally. Um, So DJ's not. DJ's been the saving grace on a very difficult experience. It's, it's, it's difficult. It's really, really difficult that if you can't move your feet and guard people laterally without fouling, you're not going to win a whole lot of games. Guys, Rick Pitino, uh, you're one of St. John's. Um, not happy. I, I, does he want to be back at Iona? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah. It was interesting. I thought he was talking about Mike and I when he was talking about how they didn't move laterally well. <laughs> I, I didn't know we had transferred to St. John's. But clearly, the, 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 evidently, the guys are playing like like Mike and I play. Now, we are much better at blocking out if there's pizza on the table, though. I will say that. <laughs> well, the, the other thing I was thinking is this is the worst the, the worst year of his life. And I'm like, wow, some of the stuff you went through at the very end there in Louisville, you would think would classify yeah. as the worst. But, <laughs> well, hey, if you're a player, you got to be going, well, we're almost as bad as a hooker on the table. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's talking about the lack of lateral quickness. Rick has a lot of quickness, uh, as we've we, we've heard. So, uh, so. <laughs> he's so. But uh, 
You know, and then I wonder, you know, he also didn't have a lot of fun with the Celtics, did he? Hey, Larry Bird's no. not going to walk. Larry Bird's not walking through that door to save your butt. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of lack of lateral quickness, yeah, the salty teams when he was there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. Yeah. No. Oh, I, was, they, go ahead. Usually, doesn't usually this happen in a guy's like end of the? This is what they do. Like the end, they're bemoaning the guy. I remember Bruce Weber at Illinois kind of did had the press conference at the end, talk about how great the Purdue get players are and how much his players weren't very good and. I think this is usually the end, but this is the beginning for Rick Patino. So if this is the beginning, I don't I don't know what this says. Could it be something with the fact that he's, you know, he's 70 now, doesn't quite remember where he's at all the time. And of course, he's gonna tell you what he thinks because he's an old man. So you're just it's kind of like so plug and play and let's you're see saying what he should run for president. Yes, I, I'm saying that we need a third. We need a third <laughs> entry in the president. We need a third geriatric to run for president. I guess. Yes, He'd be yes. the toddler in the group. <laughs> he was yes. the youngest guy. Youngest. Exactly. Of he's got the requisite sex to gamble. So I yeah, he's got it all. That's right. I mean, in. he really is a great candidate when you just look at all the things that they have. Oh, oh you guys are on fire. You're on fire. You know, I really thought that Patino. It's like it's like his his. He's throwing out that card. I got two weeks left. Let me see if I can light one last fire on these guys to make a run here for the Big East uh, tournament here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, he either lit them on fire or he literally burned them up, one or the other. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know which one's happened here, but yeah, I, I think that was it. I think he was trying to say that they don't have any margin for error. Like, they they literally don't. They don't have a great deal of individual talent yet, but I, I do think he went about it maybe in the wrong way here. Uh, w- with his approach towards his own players. Yeah, he's he's the guy that I call probably the best overall basketball coach if you don't figure out the age into it because you don't have potential for another 20 years. But I, I I just think that he's pressing a button here that that maybe doesn't need to be pressed. We'll see because in the end in sports, it's all about who who wins. And maybe if he gets the Ws, it'll be a – a strategic, you know, moment for his career. I look at it this way. He didn't throw a chair. He didn't slap a, an opposing coach. He didn't headbutt a player. So if that's your way you want to get it out there, okay. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so you're yeah. saying it could have been worse. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Very easily. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, my favorite, uh, one of my favorite, all-time favorite fantasy football team names, Patino, table for two. <laughs> All right. And on that note, <laughs> we're out of time. We appreciate everybody stopping by. Appreciate you spending some time with us as well. Uh, hey, as always, enjoy the games and enjoy the weekend. We're right back here, same place, same time next week. Take care. The preceding program is a product of Rise Above Productions and Revision Sound. Join us next week for the latest edition of the Gator Guys Sports Spectacular. <laughs>